Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. For the 300th time, hey everybody, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is our 300th episode. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined as always by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, Dave, if, do you mind if I take a sec just to you know read a quick note I wrote on our third on our 300th show? You go right ahead. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. Oh, cool. What'd you bait it with? Okay. <laughs> Webcology debuted on October 25th, uh, 2007. Since then, Dave Davies and I have done 300 episodes, the vast majority of which were recorded live to podcast as they were webca- webcasted at webmasterradio.fm. That's 300 Thursday. Over nearly seven years, 300 hours or 18,000 minutes of workaday radio. Webcology is the longest continually running weekly show on the largest B2B online radio network in the world. We owe this to you guys, to our audience, and to webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies, I want to thank everyone who's ever been a guest on this show. I want to thank Darren and Brandy Babin, the owners of Webmaster Radio, former Webmaster Radio staffers Eddie Mercado and Hilary Boast, and anyone else who's ever worked at the station over the years. But the most special thanks has to go to our producer and engineer, George Armida, a.k.a. Brasco. There aren't enough words in the English language to recognize the work Brasco does to keep Webmaster Radio on the air, and there's not nearly enough words to thank him for being our producer over the last seven years, so I'll settle on the strongest five I can. Brasco, thank you so very much. Thank We're gonna you, have- Jim. <laughs> no, man, like, you are the hardest-working producer engineer in the business. That goes for you guys. Can I tell you, we've uh, the show's evolved so much, and without going into too much detail, look, I can't believe, Jim. First of all, how much you've grown, and just in the journalistic sense, and just all the stories we've broken, all the stories we talked about, and I mean, I think we've gotten the show's gotten so good over the years, and I think. Um, even going back to the first show we did together. Just, oh, God. It was horrible. <laughs> no, but seriously, we, we've, we've done a lot of really good here. And I think, you know, all we've done is just made the show better year after year. And it's, it's, it's as good as it's ever been. And we have so much left to do. I mean, we're also, you know, well, the network itself is going to be 10 years old in November. And wow. there's a lot of that's thanks to you and Dave because, I mean, People love this show, and I love I've loved doing this show for this whole time. And well, it's I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Brasco, and you too, Dave. We've only done three hundred hours. If we want to get really good at it, we have another ninety seven hundred episodes to get through. <laughs> <laughs> and I intend to. If I'm alive that long, I intend to. Yep. <laughs> long as you guys, long as you guys let us broadcast, I'm pretty sure we're doing this every Thursday. Anyway, it's been a long. I hope we get years. to Jim. I really do. Oh, well, you know this. Um, this is the internet. We'll see what happens. 
and, uh, you know, a lot's happened over the last seven years. You know, I mean, Dave, you know, th- 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 think back seven years, man. Like, what, 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 what the world we work in was like that, eh? Like, link building and PR sculpting was, was just becoming the epicenter of SEO efforts. Before smartphones. But the smartphones didn't were well. They kind of sort of existed. The BlackBerry was out there, yeah. which was you know an almost <laughs> smartphone. Um, actually, at the time, it was it was an incredibly smartphone. But then, uh, I think about seven years ago, the iPhone comes about and changes the world, puts a computer in our pockets. And what was Bing before that? Was Windows Live at the time, right? Well, let's see. We've had we had Bing, we had Live, we had uh, MSN. Well, MSN Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something that was before that too. I on I honestly I can't remember what what MSN Live was before it was MSN Live, but and the Google already had their stock IPO already out before well, before then, right? Yeah. Yes, Google went IPO in two thousand and five, starting uh, in November two thousand and five. So I believe starting at seventy five bucks a share. If you had stock, if you had bought stock back then, <laughs> how much would it be worth now? Well, I mean, last I checked, it was in the uh, seven fifty range. Now, admittedly, that was a couple of weeks ago, and it—I'll tell you in a sec. Actually, it would be worth quite a bit. How's that? And then, twi- <laughs> and then, social media wasn't even like a phrase; it was just becoming a phrase at that time too. Uh, by you the know? way, it's at five eighty four today. Um, I looked this up, Brasco. Facebook had actually started in uh, two thousand and five, so it was around. But it was just starting to uh, redefine the way we use the web. Like that was it, that was the year of social media when it just like blew up. Twitter and Facebook blew up right then and there. Absolutely. Although you know we got to remember, social media applications did exist. We had the uh, the granddaddy of Friendster. Um, uh, Google had Orkut, which we're going to get to in a few minutes. Um, uh, uh, MySpace existed, and though declining, was still a very credible uh, social network. It's you know back in two thousand and seven, but the big uh, the eight hundred pound gorilla was just forming Facebook, and um, you know seven years ago we were just beginning to worry about privacy on the web. We had no idea about the true power of enforced confirmation bias. And that would, you know, it's basically what Facebook is now. Eh? It's total conf- enforced confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Facebook has totally changed the way we look at and think of the web. And, you know, Dave, people of our generation, we can see this in our lives. But, um, but if you look down a couple generations, you know, Generation Y, uh, the, 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 the newest group that has just left high school, Generation Z, Generation Z, they act totally different than we did. Than we did. Uh, yesterday, Brian Solis, uh, social media Uber expert extraordinaire, published an article. If you think Generation Y is different, wait till you meet Generation Z. In two thousand and six, only about eighty um, percent of people would post a photo of themselves online. Now, ninety-one percent will. In 2006, only 2% people of the people would post their uh, cell phone up online. Today, one in five people do. Um, 62% of people will post their relationship status online. 82% post their birth date. 
24% of all young people will post video of themselves online. And everyone's got a selfie out there, right? <laughs> now, years ago, we would never do this. It would be insane to, to think of exposing yourself like this. The ecosystem. When we, remember, remember when we first started the show, Dave? Our, our goal was to describe the web as an ecosystem? Yeah. It's an ecosystem, brother. <laughs> we, had, we had one of the consonants wrong. <laughs> Well, something I, I found interesting when I knew we were doing our 300th episode here, I, I, I had to look back in time. Yeah. I had to look to, to that to that first show and what were we covering then. And I did that for our for our first show, our 100th, our, our 200th. And I started looking in, in Google. You know, for those who don't know, you should. You're probably not listening to this to this show if you don't. But um, as you know, Jim, you can you can set your time frames, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I looked back and I just put in SEO. You know, wrap the the, the week before. Um, we had our first show. What what were people talking about? What what were the big uh, what were the big stories going on here? Well, something I think you're going to find funny. Um, I certainly do. Um, Jill Whalen. Let's let's talk about something that's come and gone since then, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because Jill's no longer in the industry. Yeah, Jill's uh, retired. Yeah, she, she's retired. Um, you know, uh, in the week prior to our show, title of her of her column over at Search Engine Land. So that was still there. Uh, social media marketing, the new SEO. So. As we were just talking about, obviously this was was the birth point. But what I found really interesting, um, you know, Lee Oden, you, you know him, I know him, yeah. intelligent guy, has kept up, came up with a, a slide share. Okay, you may remember that slide share on social bookmarking and SEO bookmarking. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and up at the top uh, of this slide share is a list of some of the top bookmarking and, and social media properties you should be part of. Google's in there. Okay. Netscape in there. Wow. Technorati, tail rank. But guess <laughs> who's not in there? Facebook. Facebook was not even in the list of recommended social properties to be dealing with at the time uh, by somebody who knew. I mean, you know, Leo, and so do I. Oh, somebody yeah. who knew his stuff. Um, and, and it, you know, we were just talking about. It was, you know, a couple of years old, but, you know, you remember the rollout of it. It started and, uh, it, you know, it launched in Harvard. I remember waiting with, again, bated breath going, you had to be in, part of it. In. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and the moment you were allowed to be a part of it. Remember when they gave you those old numeric, uh, <laughs> numeric ID numbers and you were looking to see how close you were to one? <laughs> um, you had to be part of it. The moment you, the moment you were able to, you, were, you got into it, right? Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. I was, I was waiting. Um so yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting to to see that, and I thought just totally topical. So for our listeners, three hundred episodes ago, that's where we were. <laughs> three hundred episodes ago, Moz was still an SEO company. They weren't a tool and die company. That's right. Um, the economy hadn't melted down yet. <laughs> we were right, still I making know. money hand over fist. You couldn't pick up the phone without somebody giving you a ten dollar bill, like. You pick up the phone and automatically a $10 bill just appeared in front of you for the minute you were on the phone. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Um, there was – Google was making um, what was at its time a credible, although um, in North America, failed attempt at a social network called Orkut. But if you live in Brazil and you lived in India, it would have been as popular as Facebook is now. Um, however, would have been, unfortunately, is the, uh, the active, um, active phrase there, Dave, because, uh, 
as of uh, September 30th. Orcut ain't there no more. Wow. Yeah, Orcut is being shut down by Google. Um, they tell people they have until the 30th of September to migrate their content from Orcut to, uh, to Google Plus using the tool called Google Takeout. <laughs> See, now they're, you just know they're going to repurpose that for an online ordering system to just get food delivered. <laughs> uh, they probably will. Um, and every time, every time uh, you do, your Nest doorbell will report to Google how quickly the delivery got there. <laughs> um, what else? Um, again, going back to SEO... Uh, link building and PR sculpting. That was, that was like the takeoff of that era. It was. Now, for, for, our, for our newer listeners, we, we may want to cover this. Many of them may not know about PR sculpting. <laughs> like, okay. It, it hasn't been around for a while. Like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners... Uh, it's listeners been a while since I, since I talked about or wrote about this. And I do want to uh, insist here that I was not a proponent of PR sculpting. Although I do see the points to it. There are some pages in your website that don't got to get ranked. They simply don't. They, they shouldn't be ranked. They're not there to be ranked. They're not sales pages. They're not going to make you any money. They're not going to advance your business cause. They're not going to ad- advance your message at all. But they're utility pages that need to be part of your website. So why should they carry or pass page rank? Couldn't you take that the page rank that would have been assigned to them and strengthen other pages within your website? Well, by manipulating the uh, direction of internal links, playing with the um, with the anchor text of the links, and working where you point them within your website, you are able to move the value of one page that you didn't really particularly want ranked. And take that value and apply it to another or other pages within your website that you did want ranked. That was PR sculpting. Um, Rand Fishkin was a massive proponent of it. Um, I actually remember being in an argument with him in Seattle um, in 2007, around 2007, about PR sculpting. Yep. Um, No, and it's, you know, I, like you, I never jumped on it. Um, I was never a big fan. No, well, okay, back in my affiliate marketing days, and you remember me then, I would have chased after it. Mm-hmm. Lock, <laughs> you know, full, full bore. Um, but then, you know, there you were looking for like a quick win that lasted for a few months and whatever. Um, but as a, as a SEO, I didn't really include it on my site, um, didn't really chase after it. Like you, I just sort of went, this is going to be a flash in the pan thing. Um, it was actually at... Uh, SMX Advanced, interestingly enough, Rand was there, so you're right, Kimbo, but in 2009, um, where Matt Cutts announced, it's dead. And, and for our listeners who don't understand how it worked, you gave a, a great example, but, you know, simple page rank formula, you got 10 links on a page, you know, your page passes 10% to each page, right? Like just the basics of page rank formula. The idea was, if you no-followed one of those links, then all of that page rank flowed through to the nine. And then in 2009 at, uh, at SMX Advanced, uh, Matt Cutts came out and said, no, we're still dividing that page rank by 10. You're just only passing nine. So now you were dropping down the page weight passing uh, to, to 90% of what it could have passed. Uh, there you go. Begin with. So it, it ended up, I, I know he referred to it, I love the way he worded it as page rank evaporation. <laughs> it was like, yep, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's just 10% just evaporating. It's going nowhere. 
Um, so, and that's where uh, where you won there, uh, Jim. <laughs> where you know it Woo! took a little bit, but but you won that uh, won that discussion. And I'll bet if we look over at Moz, they're not no following internal links unless you know they're so used. If you really don't want a page to show up in the SERPs, yeah, okay, you know, block well, it with robots and no follow to it, but. Now, when did No Follow come about? Was that 2005, 2006, or was that 07? Oh. I think it's in the 06 range. I want to say yes, and, and while we're chatting about the next thing, I will look that up, and we'll have that, uh, okay, that well, answer the, the, the reason I want to talk about No Follow right now is because you're not going to believe that I had the, 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 the silliest, most ironic thing happen around a No Follow link yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, okay. Really? Okay, so I've been working for this, one, for this client for about two weeks now, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, new client for a company. I'm not going to mention their name, but they're a publisher, um, and they're really a really well known publisher in um, a fairly narrow vertical. The uh, um, Microsoft, in you know, from uh, people who work with Microsoft, Microsoft Exchange servers, um, Hyper V, etc. Um, so I was auditing an article, and they're on page SEO. And I noticed a text link, a paid text link, an advertisement. And so I took a look at the, the source code, and there was no no follow attached to it. Okay? Okay. So you got a paid link on my client's page with no no follow attached to it. So it was a non-no follow link. So you know, I talked to I talked to my contact and I, I'm like, hey dude, uh, this is a this is a problem. Oh, I, I didn't mention they've re- they did a migration from one domain to another, and they've recently had a loss of traffic. So one of the things I'm looking for is anything that might cause a decline in traffic. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's no follow link. I'm like, well, you know, you just did your migration. You forced Google to take a second look at you. I bet you this will be a factor. Um, so I pointed out to him, as it turns out, it's a double-click link. The link was generated by the double-click system. So the link directs back into DoubleClick, which is a Google property. So then the debate becomes, well, it's Google. Will they care? <laughs> and I'm trying to explain, well, no, look, it's a, it's a pattern of behavior that they're noticing about you. It's a paid link. It's supposed to have a nofollow attribute attached to it. It's not just the page they're evaluating. It's your entire domain they're evaluating. So we keep talking and talking and talking. And eventually, while we're talking, I decide to click the link. You know, I've got this thing in me. You don't click a paid link uh, unless you actually have to, right? Right. It's, only, it's, it's just, just ethical. You don't click a paid link unless you really have to. Well, I thought I had to. I had to see where this link went. I click on it. You know where it ended up? Where? A page. It, it, get, it went through DoubleClick, but it ended up on a page that was two years old that was sponsored by a software-making company on my client's website, an article on my client's own site. So my debate, my internal debate became, <laughs> is my client breaking Google's guidelines by having a, a no-follow, a no-no-followed paid link directed through DoubleClick back to themselves? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody at the company had known about this link. Yeah, now, as it turns out, I refreshed the page, and a tech dirt link came up. Then I refreshed it again, and a wired link came up. So my client is part of a much larger distribu- um, um, inventory of uh, sponsored pages inside the DoubleClick network. And it was total fluke that it happened that that click brought me back to another one of my client's pages. 
But that was a weird loop, eh? Oh, that's just one of those happens, you know, once every few years where you're just like, really? Wow, okay. There's happy, awesome coincidences that uh, that you get to have fun with. Yeah, is this bad webmastering or just bad business? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was totally delightful to... Uh, to, 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 to share that with my client. Um, Ironies like that don't happen every day. Okay, um, we're going to have to go to break in a second. We probably have time for 2005, huh? No Follow came about in 2005. And uh, Google and M- Yahoo and MSN united in support for the No Follow attribute. Good find, Dave. Well, as it turns out, and credit where it's due, Brasco found a Wikipedia reference uh, just before I found that one. I just posted it and then turned out, looked up a little further, and there's Brasco. So, Brasco, you are you're faster than me with your uh, searching fingers. That's that's a little crazy. I didn't know anybody was, but congratulations. Best producer in the business, I'm telling you. Okay, we should take a break now. I want to come back and I want to talk about like you know Facebook manipulating my emotions. Because um, I'm, um, <laughs> that made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it worked. It's, uh, yeah, it's about 20, it worked. It worked brilliantly. It's about 25 minutes after the hour. Uh, it is the 3rd of July, 2014. It's almost the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media with Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to the 300th edition of Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, we got a hell of a lot more after this after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix. So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy Web Hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to 
every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals. Personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. On demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, it's our 300th episode. It's the 3rd of July, 2014. And uh, Dave... Two places we can go. We can go the right of the right to privacy and the attendant screw ups that are happening now around it, um, or we can go to Facebook messing with our emotions, <laughs> which I, sort of is a right to I don't know privacy ish. I don't know how that works, but they definitely tie together. Well, let's go with Facebook because that's 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 by far the most outrageous story of uh, I was going to say of the week, but you know that like, I'll tell you. This is up there with like NSA spying on people for outrageous, outrageous behavior. Yeah. yeah um, right. let, let, let me just give a, a quick background of the story for um, those of you who don't know. <laughs> it's hard to believe if you, you, you would have missed this one, but um, well, Facebook has been um, bad. It, yeah, <laughs> I guess for want of a better word, they've been. Uh, Messing with you. Um, 700,000 of the billion and a half Facebook users had an experiment run on them without their knowledge. Facebook and the University of Southern California wanted to know if by putting, but the, 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 by changing the emotional tone of the news that, that those 700,000 users were fed, would it upset them or would it make them happy? Facebook found that, not to the degree that they thought they could, but they found that, in fact, they could manipulate people's emotional well-being based on the emotional tone of posts that they saw in their newsfeed. Um, so, you know, some people, they would feed sadder or more depressing or more... You know, um, anger-inspiring news stories. Other people, they would feed, you know, puppy dogs and kittens and bunny rabbits. Which is, you know, hey, you remember that week and a half where you didn't see any puppy dogs and you were pissed all the time? <laughs> yeah, that was when it happened. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what they did is they took, like, Lisa Broad and they, they cut off the puppy dogs. And they, then, you know, they, they watched what she wrote. <laughs> And actually, that, that's how they scored the. That's how they actually scored their experiment. They watched what people wrote in reaction to the stories that were being manipulated within their newsfeed. This got announced about a week ago. It took a couple days to sink in, and now the internet. Oh, and um, the U.S. Academy of Science is pissed. Um, 
As a matter, I'm sorry, the, the NEC. Um, no, I'm sorry. National Science Council, NSC. The National Science Council is now investigating Facebook for this, uh, for this experiment. What do you think about that, man? I mean, like, like, I gotta, how does that make you feel, Dave? <laughs> well, I, I don't know anymore. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I feel this way. Um, I, you know what? It, it's, it's an interesting one to me. I mean, ac- there, there's the academic side to all of this, right? Where you're just like, wow, that is an interesting study that couldn't be done any other way. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say this is right. Um, but just to go, okay, a- academically, am I interested in the results? I am. You are. Of course we are. Uh, and, and even in how that um, plays into what we deal with. Like when, we, when I, you just have your, your Facebook page and, and you know, you're seeing these streams, doesn't that study tell you a little something about what kinds of what your friends are saying and maybe which ones shouldn't be there. Not all people's posts are equal. If you have people who are consistently negative on your wall, does this then create an environment for you where you might not know, but you're becoming negative as well? This, this clearly dictates that, that that would be that way. Um, but on or the at other least, s- At least it could affect you. So maybe, you know, maybe you're not being negative, but there's a little seed of negativity inside you. So when you get in that traffic jam, you become a super jerk. Well, I- exactly. And so you, you emotionally are, are conditioned to now be a, a little more irritable. Um, you know, so it, it does take that, that twist me. Now, ethically speaking, on Facebook's side, I have two big problems. One, you can't do that. <laughs> like like informed consent? Well, that's that's it to me. Like, yes, you've got your, you know, these big policies we've all signed. I'm sure technically your lawyers have had their heyday on this and made sure that, you know, you couldn't be sued. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, there's there's sort of an unspoken social contract that we have. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm one for you protect your own privacy kind of thing. We've had that debate when discussing privacy. Yes, I think corporations are responsible to provide a certain level of privacy, but seriously, don't. You know, it's your obligation to protect your own as well. What really concerns me here, though, is what if somebody over at Facebook, and they may even support a party I would or, or they may not, I don't know. What if somebody at Facebook decided, hey, I want to start screwing with things, right? What if they did? Could they adjust electoral results? Could they adjust, you know, in any variety of opinions to specific social or, or economic issues? Could they do that? This study dictates that they could. They could impact by showing specific pieces of data, even from your friends, um, showing things that favor um, what they would like more or, or whatnot. Um, you know, and that's that's the big concern to me. Is obviously I have problems with the fact that they did it without informed consent. Um, and then at the other side, I have a huge problem with the fact that they tested it. They know they can. Well, and to, to add another dimension to your problem. How would anybody know it was being done? How well, would you know? You wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, party X or Y starts to, to you know, tear up the polls or opposition to this issue goes up or down uh, based not on any, any you know, real, more generic metric. Um, I mean, of course, you know, it tends to be that our friends agree with us. That's why they're friends, right? So we're already skewed by Facebook, but at least we're skewed in the way we've decided. Okay, now... I'm gonna add a I'm gonna add a third uh, potential issue to your list of problems, and you 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 just approached it a second ago. 
they're our friends because we agree with what they say. So we tend to see and we tend to interact more positively with their posts. So they tend to come up more frequently in our news feeds, right? Right. Now, you know I'm working with, with one of the major campaigns in Toronto for in the Toronto mayoral race, right? You sure are. So you can imagine what I was thinking when I read about this Facebook study. Like, how do I use this to help my candidate? And of course, yo, let me, <laughs> let me pull back a second. I'm not going to. I'm, I, we will not do that. That's not cool. But yeah, it ran through my head. I'd be lying to say it didn't. Like, um, how do I organize a lot of people to put up specific posts to influence the way people in Toronto or, you know, people within this, you know, general network of, of individuals who... In Toronto, it's one of those things you're somehow all tied together. How can I get a lot of people to put up the right posts at the right time to influence how people feel when they're looking at their Facebook feed, which in Toronto is full of Rob Ford? <laughs> right. I mean, you, you can't get away from the guy. Um, Admittedly, that's kind of advertising for your candidate, too, because, you know, that candidate just isn't Rob Ford. Is not Rob Ford. Very, very much not Rob Ford. But I'm not going to mention the candidate's name, not until we're getting closer to the election. If I'm going to get in trouble for it, I'm only going to get in trouble for it once, and I'm going to make it worth it. (laughs) Sorry, George. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so that's what... There are much smarter people working for the Democrats and the GOP in the United States than, you know, than, than me. I'm pretty smart, but there's much smarter people out there. What happens when somebody with the reach of the Democratic Party or the Republican Party starts messing with Facebook feeds, consciously trying to drive um, the way Facebook creates feeds for people like them? You know what I mean? Well, indeed. And, And one of the arguments I've heard is, well, Facebook wouldn't do that. Okay, Uh, which has to lead naturally to the question, uh, Facebook isn't stupid, Um, they're a corporation. When when they invest their resources into something, it's to make money. You know that, I know that. We we run in corporations. Our our activities are meant to generate money for that corporation. Um, So the question I have to have is, why would Facebook run a test like that and, and, and exert resources on such a massive scale if the goal was not to turn that into something that generates money, which means that they are intending on a larger scale to skew how we feel about things. It has to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't do You're not just going to go, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. You know, if you're Richard Branson or Tesla or something, okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I might buy that. Hey, I just feel like doing it. Um, but, you know, in, in a case like this, I, I don't see it. There has to be a reason, and that's the big concern to me is why did they do it? Apparently, they wanted to test the theory that your friend's success makes you unhappy in the Facebook environment. When you see your friends off on uh, on vacation, you get a little bit sad. Remember, remember that that idea that was going around the friend uh, Facebook envy, um, uh, brag posts, stuff like that. Well, apparently, your brag whenever whenever I see you biking at Whistler, I'm supposed to get sad. Um. <laughs> So you need new friends who aren't sad at your happiness. Well, I mean, the truth is, Dave, I'm, I'm quite happy. I, I, when I see you biking at Whistler, I don't get I get worried. Like, <laughs> dude, you're going to break your face. What are you doing? Um, you, you know by the way, funny? how I, was that? 
Yeah, it was great. And I was actually just chatting with, uh, with David here. And one of the funny things is I would sacrifice my face. I bailed on my bike a few times. And the first thing my instinct is to do is make fists with my yes. hands and pull them to my chest. Um, so, yeah, it, it is funny. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to sort of watch this. Um, I, I don't buy it. Facebook's, I mean, yes, that's, that's an interesting question to ask. But, again, you need to ask that. Why? Why did they do this? They're not just going to sit around and go, hey, let's, let's spend uh, you know, a couple million dollars studying something because, hey, it's academically interesting. Corporation, they don't do that. Um, you know, certainly not Facebook, not like this. Nope. So, <laughs> um, you know, why did they do it? And, and clearly there has to be a reason and that their goal will be to skew. Now, if they came back and said, yeah, we did it, we needed some metrics, what we're trying to decide is what kind of ads to put in and we're going to categorize ads. And when we know, you know, based on, on people's streams that people are naturally going to be scared or unhappy or, or a little trepidatious, you know, we're going to start putting up ads for alarm systems or whatever. Okay, you know what? That's that's a little weird, but okay, I I, I would buy that and go. Okay, fair, fairly legit. You know, uh, that doesn't frighten me that they would do that. In fact, that makes a lot of sense. And when people are happy, that's when we're gonna. You know, oh, you're looking at you know Davies again. He's in Whistler. All right, start putting up some travel ads, Expedia ads, whatever. Right? Okay, got it. Fair enough. Um, you know, and if they just came out and said that, and, and that this was a pitch to to understand their ad metrics better and and ad deployment better, I'd be totally supportive of it. Uh, but I don't believe that's the case. I'm not, I'm not sure what to say after that. I mean, there you go. This is, um, you know, Facebook is as Facebook is. Uh, it can certainly manipulate what you see coming up in your feed. Um, I'll take them at their word. But again, like, uh, okay, this just in. <laughs> you just opened the same link I did. Thanks. The troubling link between Facebook's emotional study and Pentagon research in today's Vice News uh, article by Natasha Leonard, um, I'm not. I haven't had time to read this, so I can't really make a lot of comment on it. But again, the um, headline is troubling. The troubling link between Facebook's emotional study and Pentagon research, sent to us by listener Christine, listener and frequent guest Christine Sashinger. Christine, thank you for that link. That was uh, the most kind of you. Um, Friends, go out and take a take a look. Vice Magazine: The troubling link between Facebook's emotion study and Pentagon research. Um, <laughs> what do we got? You know what we got next? We got to go to commercial again because we're fifteen minutes away from uh, from a news break. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Edge from Digital Always Media. You're listening to the three hundredth edition of Webcology here on Webmaster Radio FM. Stick around. we got one more segment and a hell of a lot more content after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. BubbleFast burst onto the e-com scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 
888-357-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. It's time to saddle up with the Search Cowboys. Search Cowboys will round up search engine marketing, social media, and more. Search Cowboys. On demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined by Jim Hedger uh, from Digital Always Media. And Jim, I, I just I, I had to intro this. I, I had to jump in uh, because we've done uh, what seven years, three hundred episodes. Had on Christine as a guest. I don't know. Let's go with dozens of times at least. It is pronounced Shackinger. I know. Shack like the basketball player injure. Shackinger. Shackinger. I know. And it's Simon yeah. Hesseltine. And it's Alan Blywythe. Did I get that right? No, with the uh, sound the S. The ah! S needs to be sounded. Blywythe. So hard. I got Simon right though, didn't I? Yes. Okay, so as long as I can get Brian Smythe from San Diego right, I'll be I'll be great. And Chris Boggs, please. Chris Boggs, right. Chris Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to all of you, I'm so sorry. I really try. I honestly try. <laughs> Simon is the worst of it, though. I mean, like, I've introduced, I introduced him like three times this year at conferences. He's been a guest on our show twice. Five times I screwed up his name. I... <laughs> 
I don't know what it is. Like, I'm so sorry. It's been doing. I've been doing this for seven years, and I still can't get it right. And I'm so sorry about that, guys. You, you I really try. You know what's making this even worse <laughs> is that I am starting to pick up because I hear you say them more than I hear them in the world around me, and I'm starting to get them wrong because I'm hearing them wrong so many times. <laughs> Uh, anyways. All right. <laughs> now that we picked on Jim for a little bit. Uh, Sorry where, about where, that. Where, where shall we him. go? <laughs> uh, where shall we go? I got one for us. Alrighty. You know those robot text files, right? Yeah. There's also now a killer robot text file. Yeah. You know how Google's getting into, like, you know, autonomous objects, autonomous cars, and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, it's only a small step to Terminator bots, don't you think? Well, there we go. It's only the natural step. Now, (laughs) if you're going to actually build Terminator bots, like we know Google is, if you're actually going to build Terminator bots, and you're the owner, (laughs) wouldn't you, you know, be smart enough to write something that informs the bots not to kill you? I would. <laughs> and that's that's what's now um, being called the Killer Bots Text. And if you go to google.com slash killer-robots.text, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're doing, you're talking, you're yeah, yeah, you know I am. <laughs> google.com slash killer-robots.txt. Okay, that is just awesome. <laughs> User agent T1000. User agent T800. Disallow uh, plus Larry Page. Disallow plus Sergey Bren. Uh, this is a little Easter egg that was um, posted up to Google recently, noted in um, Barry Schwartz's search engine roundtable. By the way, we must have mentioned Barry at least 300 times in the last seven years. Um, you know what I want to know, though, Dave? I'm not really worried about Google's uh, terminal bots. I want to know how people find this stuff. I know. <laughs> it's like, are you just attacking Google with like care, like like password uh, decrypt, <laughs> like the password guessing software that tries to crack your systems? Do you just hit Google.com slash every permutation until you start coming up with stuff like this? You need a killer killer dash robot Why would somebody look for that? Anyway, somebody did. They passed it on to Barry. Barry passed it on to the world. We're passing it on to you. <laughs> Aren't we nice? Aren't we great? <laughs> that's that's the rule of radio, friends. Um, okay, we've talked about Google. We've talked about Facebook. You know who we haven't talked about? We love, love talking about? Who's that? Yahoo. There we go. Because you know what <laughs> Yahoo did or is doing? And you know what? I actually I, I, I feel good about this. Yahoo is giving community its sixth season. You know, six seasons in a movie? Yep. Yahoo's giving the sixth season to community. It's bringing it back, and it's bringing it back to, to, I'm not so sure what I think about this part, try to take on Netflix and Hulu. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, eh? I mean, like, yo, Marissa, um, that's so 2011. (laughs) Like, really? Um, But... Dan Harmon, the front, the showrunner of Community, is going into writing as of, as of early September. They're going to be producing a sixth season. 
Um, Yahoo says they will have it out in the autumn of 2014. And I don't know if you can write a series and produce it and have it out that quickly, but, you know, um, Yahoo says it's possible. So, Yahoo is saving community. What now, do you think about them apples? I, I'm thinking of this a lot like, and, and credit where it's a, you know, all love to, to your friend of mine, Jeremiah, <laughs> and, and the efforts that people put in early on. But this is kind of reminding me of uh, Bing going, hey, I've got an idea. Let's build a search engine after ignoring it during that time when they could have actually built something awesome and when people were looking for that. <laughs> it's like, no, people have their solutions now, so don't. It's just you know, what, what Yahoo's failing to do uh, among many things but what they're really i i think you know looking at the last 300 episodes and then like the five years before that um what they're failing to do is going hey i've got a new idea let's do that great before somebody else does it <laughs> and that's what's missing it's like they're coming in going hey we'll do you know community that's okay fine you know it's a fine you know show i i've watched it i've enjoyed it but uh, come on like you can't just come in at this point going, hey, we want to compete with Netflix. You know who does a really good job at that? Netflix. <laughs> and they've already got my money coming in, and I'm not well, going to switch. And not just that. We know that Amazon's getting into that game. Hulu's already in that game. Google wants it in that game. And now, you know, Yahoo sees an opening and is going to take it. Um, maybe, you know what, maybe they're right, but it doesn't feel like they're right. No, it doesn't. This feels like another um, money sinkhole to me. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So so Brasco just put up in our in our little private chat channel here. What if Yahoo is producing a whole bunch of other shows to anchor off of Community? You know, what if Yahoo really wants to be? Do they do they have the um, wherewithal to be a um, new TV network? No. Um, <laughs> I'm probably Sorry. sitting with you on that answer too. Uh, there's not a lot of debate there. The answer is probably no. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's all I can say about that. I, I can't even come up with something big to you know, okay. sort of chat with that one on. This really sucks, but we're down to three three minutes, maybe four minutes, um, and this is a huge topic. But um, you remember the EU uh, and the right to be forgotten? Yes. When... That was that, that. That was passed about as a regulation by the EU about two, three months ago. And I remember when it came up, and I was like, "Oh, I got a sinking feeling about this." Well, guess what's happened? <laughs> um, because two different strains of this case, and one in one strain, Google is in Europe only censoring very sensitive information about a banker at Merrill, Merrill Lynch, who was charged during the uh, meltdown of 2008 in Europe. But because he has requested to have search results about him removed from the record, the BBC and other news publications who reported stories on his name have had those articles removed from Google search. Well, they've seen their articles removed from Google search index covering something that happened. This happened. This was history. It happened. This man was charged. But the right to be forgotten allows his lawyers to force Google to censor what, you know, I suggested a couple months ago, has become the historic record. 
That really freaks me out. But what freaks me out even more <laughs> was that earlier, um, earlier this week, journalists at The Guardian, sort of like the New York Times of international news, they've been informed that under the EU regulations, to comply with the EU regulations, Google have had to remove several of their articles. One of which, they speculate, was because a commenter had requested the right to be forgotten. So the whole article had to be pulled because the commenter didn't want to be noted. The, uh, the people at The Guardian are um, interpreting this move as Google being passive-aggressive and using them as a way to push at the EU to change this regulation. Right. But, like, in both cases... Um, when they're removing news results, they're affecting the historic record. Yeah, and this is clearly, I mean, you and I are on the same page on this, I, I'm sure. I understand the right to be forgotten. I understand mm -hmm. what its purpose is, and this is not it. Like, I, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, when the case was being made for it, that, you know, there's, there's some, you know, guy at 19 in college who got, I don't know, busted for being intoxicated in public or something like that, you know, and now 20, 30 years later is a lawyer and this is showing up somewhere. All right. <laughs> right. Or I guess maybe not a lawyer, but you know, whatever wants to go for public office or whatnot. Okay. You know, I, I understand this stupid mistake 30 years ago, you know, but, but here we're talking about the meltdown of our economic system. Yeah. <laughs> and only a few years ago. Um, doesn't apply, and, and you know, I, I think this is just, you're probably right. It's probably Google being passive-aggressive and going, we're going to list these, like, horrible examples so the outrage against it. In the back. first, actually, the first example was Google absolutely complying with the act. Their lawyer made a, that guy's lawyer made a request under the act. Google had to move the material. The stuff about The Guardian, on the other hand, may well be Google's passive-aggressive sticking their nose in The Guardian's face saying, report this, dude. You know? <laughs> You got a problem with this regulation? We got a problem, so we're sticking it to you. So you got to report it. Yeah, that's. I, I agree. I figure that's what's going down. Like, come on, because some commenter, commenter, somebody who commented on the article, like that really doesn't wash. Okay, dude, we've done it. We've done another sixty of. Uh, we've now done eighteen thousand and sixty minutes of radio here on Webmaster Radio under the name Webcology. It's been, wow. a, it's been a full hour, Dave. It's been a wonderful hour and an amazing seven years. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jim. Um, friends, you've been listening to the 300th edition of Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. Thank you all. Um, it's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Thanks for sticking with us. And we're going to be speaking at you for the next seven years and hopefully some more. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Be safe. Happy 4th of July. Don't drink and drive and stay tuned to Webmaster Radio. Great content taking you into the weekend. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.